Hello, hello. Welcome back to Live Your Personal Best. Today, we are joined by motivational speaker, Eddie. And I know that you're going to love this conversation. Eddie is someone that I've listened to for a long time. He has videos on YouTube that I would play before all of my races to get me pumped up. And I was so excited to be bringing him on the show. We talk about everything from how to be more purpose-driven in your actions, giving yourself the chance to fail, how to start changing your perspective, how to start following happy and stop chasing success, just everything that you would want to hear from a motivational speaker he speaks about today. So I hope that you love today's episode. And if you're anything like me and you love, you know, writing down affirmations or writing down notes to look back at later, you are definitely going to want to grab a pen and paper for this episode. So with that, I hope that you enjoy. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. Hey guys, today we are joined by Eddie. Eddie is an artist, filmmaker, storyteller, and the creator of The World Within. He created it to help others live their best lives by delivering life-changing ideas through inspiration, motivation, and storytelling. And he's reached over 70 million people. So if you haven't heard of him already, I'm excited to introduce you. Thanks for coming on today, Eddie. Emily, thanks for having me. I'm pumped. Yeah, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you became this motivational speaker and storyteller. Yeah, so one of the things that's interesting about sort of the career trajectory I took is that it's not something that I I planned for or expected. It it, It was truly the idea of sort of following what feels right and continuing to explore, you know? So I started like so many people do in uh, the co- corporate environment and there were things I loved about it. There were things I didn't. And uh, I found myself really enjoying the like creative space, like songwriting and creative writing and taking a video camera and, you know, writing speeches, just kind of doing that type of thing. And so the bridge for me was music. I'm like, I want to go that route. And I started songwriting in Boston and producing for artists in Boston and it's funny, like my lowest point, because I'd always been like, like when you do the right thing, there's some level of security, like the right thing. You know what I mean? So like, I'd always worked hard to get good grades and get a good job and do that dance. So like I had money coming in and there was never, it was never an issue. And so this was the first time I was like, Oh my God, I don't have a safety net here. You know? And I, uh, I ended up writing a speech about it. And that's what my first video was. It was like, Eddie, for once promise yourself, that you'll be vulnerable. Just try, just at least try. Because I had this feeling or this, you know, in, intuition that I wouldn't let myself fail. Most of us won't, but we don't give ourselves that chance to prove it. And so that's kind of what that speech was. And then that seemed to really resonate with people. It hit that intersection of like, when you love doing something and it adds value, that's where the fireworks are. And I was like, well, wait a minute, right there. I found it. Like, how can I take that and make it something more? And that was the Long way of saying that was sort of the beginning of your world within. That's what I do now. Talk about my life and the trials and tribulations of being a creator, an entrepreneur, and just a a dude navigating the world. Yeah, no, I definitely found you through your motivational stuff, through the motivational videos. So it's interesting. I didn't know that the background was through music that is like, okay, I enjoy this aspect. And then motivational content was just the part that was sticking. It's funny how that works. Yeah, that totally opened the door for me. Because that's, I mean, when you think about 
you know, motivation. I understand like that's sort of the, the bucket it falls under, but it, it really is story. You know, I, I writing a book for the first time and it's like some of the things you're writing down, it's like, you know, or you come across like a laundry list of to do things you should do. And it's like, it doesn't move you. It doesn't captivate you because we're emotional people. We're not rational, right? We're storytellers. And so like, in a way, it's not much different from music, you know, and that sort of unraveling that's been really cool and trying to find how that that merges. Yeah, no, that is interesting because I think, you know, my platform is more fitness based and a lot of the questions are around how do I become motivated to go to the gym? How do I become motivated for that? And for someone like you who's a motivational speaker, you're like, it just boils down to being able to tell those stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really how, helping people look at things differently, you know, like the, the biggest ruts in my life that I've been in. And I think every entrepreneur has them. I'm sure you face them like there are highs that are high and there are lows that are low. And like what usually kind of gets you back on track and turns things around is just simply looking at like, it's amazing. You can hear a sentence and be like, oh, wow, like I needed that, you know, nothing changes in you. It's just perspective. Yeah. Is this a perspective that you've always had or was there some big turning point in your life? I think I grew into it. I, I, I really do. Yeah. Cause I, it's, I didn't realize my family sort of, I mean, they gave me everything. I was very fortunate. I was very lucky. And it was almost like, you know, I looked at it as like a ladder I had to climb and like instructions I had to follow. And, you know, I was grateful for that, but it was like in, in my early twenties is when I realized like, you're not, you're not even thinking for yourself, man. Like you're not even asking yourself what you want out of life. And, you know, it's, there's a happy medium because there's a lot to be grateful for, but at the same point, same time, if you don't delve into that, you'll just never, never find it. And so that's sort of, you know, how that emerged and how I learned to think like that, think critically, you know, ask myself if what I'm doing aligns with where I want to go which means you have to first define where you want to go, you know, which means you have to look for that answer. And uh, that's why that, that year in Boston with the acoustic guitar was so meaningful to me because you see, someone could hear that and think, okay, dude was playing acoustic shows in Boston, whatever, you know, but to me, it's like, no, that was like, it seems so little and insignificant, but that was the most courageous in my life. One of the most courageous things that I had done because there was so much uncertainty. And I just felt so removed from everything that I'd grown to know. And I learned a lot about myself. And that's why I reckon that, that famous quote, not all who wander are lost. I just think that's such a beautiful thing. And everyone owes it to themselves uh, to do that. Yeah. No, I didn't think about that of like thinking critically is kind of what it boils down to. Because if you start thinking about your actions more, just that simple check in of is this the way that I want to go or not? And I mean, it's not like you're uprooting your whole life. I'm sure there's a lot of things that you're like, yes, this is supporting that. But just that check in instead of being passive about it. Right. But that's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, it's things like you just walk right by again and again and again because you're not aware. Like so much of life is being aware. It's funny, like connecting these dots. I was a political science major in in uh, in college, which is like pretty analytical. I mean, it's it's funny, but you learn like to take bits and pieces of all these things and put them together. You know, there are parts of the corporate world. You know, I, I didn't like that space. I have friends that love it, thrive in it. Good for them. It wasn't my jam, but there were like pieces where I'm like you know, understanding that value, like you only get things done in that environment if you make the people around you feel valued, period. If you don't, you lose. And like, that was something that I took with me 
from that environment, like all these things, just simple, you know, aspects of being aware. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you're able to use that in the other areas of your life. And so that kind of brings me into you, your TED talk too. I love your TED talk, the running in the rain. I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about that speech and this idea of discomfort. Yeah. So that prompted, that was a big deal for me in terms of, of how I thought about my career and my work and what I was doing just mentally, you know, and, and the idea is, you know, basically I got up one morning and because I would have this long commute from Boston to Worcester and uh, I'd get up in Boston and I'd run every morning before work. And, you know, in the winter, you throw on some Under Armour. It's cold, but it's like it's doable. You warm up. But there was this one morning in particular where it was like slushy, just all it was gross. And I opened the door and I'm like, oh, man, like, do I, do I want to do this? And there's a gym at, at work and I'm like, I could just go at lunch or something like that. But I did end up going and I just got running gloves and a beanie and I went out and I did this run and uh, I came back and I just remember feeling this sense of satisfaction that you can't get if you don't put yourself in those situations. And again, it's like going back to the whole, like, it may seem trivial or even kind of stupid, but like, I think that's where we capture the meaningful things in life is when we say yes, when most people go, eh, no, I'll go later. And like, they don't lose anything, you know, but, um, and that's where the, the, the beauty and the magic and all that good stuff is to be gained um, from simply stepping out into that world. And, you know, I've, I've tried to replicate that again and again and again and again and again, you know, and we've all felt it like that, that sort of feeling in your stomach where you're a little bit uncomfortable and you don't have to, right? I'm sure your first few episodes. Like, you're like, oh, this is a little uneasy, right? It's a new world, it's new territory, but you did it. You did it anyway. And now you're very good at it. Like, it's just, it's something that takes time. And a lot of people don't step out and they never experience that. So that's kind of the idea. Yeah, I love that. First of all, you know, this idea of discomfort, but then this also kind of reminds me of what you were saying earlier in this conversation of, I'm sure going for a run in unpleasant weather was something that you were used to before, but this particular time you had a different mindset around it and just that little shift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It didn't, there's it, a big difference when you feel like, I don't, I think victim mentality might be too strong, but when you feel like you're suffering and putting yourself through unnecessary torture versus I'm doing this because I'm going to get a little bit better because I'm doing it. The feeling changes everything, right? Same task, same result, but the thought process and perspective behind it gives you something totally different at the end. You know, and, and in that, that video running in the rain, I talk about how like, if you do those little things, you start to identify as someone that does them. And, and I think that's what's important because how you see yourself, I think it was Tony Robbins that said this uh, in some capacity. It's like how you see yourself when you look in the mirror is how you act. You know, that's all we do. We carry out who we think we are. And that goes into work and it goes into your relationships. You start to see yourself as the person that gets it done. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, because for your own story, you know, when you did start to become an entrepreneur, you knew where you wanted to go. You didn't have that comfort anymore. You didn't have it figured out, but you almost knew who you were as a person. So you knew that you'd get there. Exactly. There's like, it's like that fallback of like, and I still don't know exactly where I'm going. Like, I don't know where this road ends. Right. But it's like, here's what I know. I've built trust that Ryan Holiday quote, confidence is earned. Right. I've built some level of trust with myself that, Hey, let's assume everything goes wrong. The wheels fall off the wagon. Well, I trust myself to pick up the pieces and figure it out. 
And to me, that's more important than the, the technicalities or where you go and why. It's like, no, just continue to work hard, continue to follow your passion, do what feels right, add value to the world and adjust when, when, when things you know, blow up in your face, then you'll be fine. Yeah, I love that. And so for someone who, you know, your career is based around motivation, what do you think is some of the worst advice that people follow when it comes to motivation? Oh my God, that's such a good question. I think my biggest thing, and I have a lot of friends in the space now, and, and so, you know, I hear a lot of stuff, but to me, I think it's more big picture, black and white. I think when people say, for an example, like, like for me, the morning is everything. It's this really weird thing where if I get up at five, my day is like exponentially better than if I sleep until eight. And I go, oh, like, I just feel bad about myself. And so like someone, for example, being like, you know, you have to get up early. Winners get up early. Like the data might point in that direction, but understand that every single person is different. And so I think the message should be, you have what's called these little hinges, right? These little things that make a big difference in your life. You have to find out what they are for you. And, you know, you can look at Bezos and how he did it and how he built his empire. And that's great. And there's so much to know, but you have to understand your authentic self and what your value proposition, what you bring to the world and maybe where they meet. And so I think that's it, like the, the intersection of what works and then you. I see so much of here's how to be successful, A, B, C, D, E. It's like, it's not, the world's just not like that. I mean, human beings like to, they like to oversimplify. And in a lot of ways, that's great. But reality happens in the gray space and it requires exploration and adjustments and just being willing to learn. And uh, that to me is the message that's misconstrued. Yeah. And then, you know, in order to find yourself and find what works, you do have to experiment and try those different things to know what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one way to do it, right? You can't read about your life in a book. You gotta, you gotta try. And you learn things about the swings and the misses. You know, I always say like, I've had projects that I've put out and, and ideas and they just, you know, that's life, life in the big city, fall flat. And so one, you learn that it doesn't kill you. And there's actually a confidence that comes with it because it's like, okay, well, if I just fell on my face, and nothing happened. It's like, um, oh man, is it Tim Ferriss? There's this line in this book. I think it is before our work where, where he says, look, you want to understand life, go lie on your back in the middle of Times Square or something. It's like this, this insane feeling of discomfort. And it's like, people are looking at you and it's this weird dynamic. But then after a while, you just stop caring because you realize like life goes on in these stories you have in your head about the worst case scenarios. They, they, they dissipate because they don't really matter. And, and that's a lot of what you get when you, when you sort of delve into those things. It's like, it doesn't kill you. You become better. And, uh, you know, all those narratives, a lot of them self-defeating, they can be kind of swept under the rug. Yeah. So it's almost like scarier from that outside perspective, looking in of like, okay, you're laying down in Times Square. Like, what are people going to think? And then, yeah, after those first 30 seconds, it's like, oh, okay, no, like you live. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You're like, it's not so bad. You know? Yeah. And so then another problem too, that I think comes around motivation is you feel motivated and you know where you want to go, but then you don't take the action to get there. Right. Like you live in this world of like, yeah, you know, I listen to all of Eddie's videos and they pump me up and then you never take steps to get there. Do you have any recommendations or advice for that? Yeah. Well, I, I bucket this stuff into different, like I try and be a little bit more philosophical in terms of what I'm saying, because I, I don't, I want it to be less of a dopamine hit in more of 
like a mindset shift. You know, it, it's funny. Like when I, there are times where I need like a Gary Vee. I need someone to say, get your ass up and work. Like you need to do that. Um, you know, but there are also times where I, I want to think and, and, you know, be more methodical in, in what I'm doing. You know, there's this idea of passion versus purpose that I think is important, or at least it's one way of explaining it. And so passion is this, like, like you, let's say, let's, let's use podcasts since we both have one, right? So it's like, you get super excited about the idea of podcasting. And it's like, you're thinking about all the possibilities and it's new. And so you get the equipment, you tell your friends, you start recording and uh, you have a guest on and, you know, things are, are rolling. And then you hit that sort of space where it's like, okay, well, why aren't things picking up? the way I want them to pick up. Like this feels a little slow. And then you start questioning what you're doing. And that's the space when a lot of people quit. They don't have the results. They're not Joe Rogan after, you know, a month and a half. And so that was passion, probably not purpose. You don't want to be a great podcaster. You want success. And because you're not getting it in podcasting, well, okay, well, I'll go try somewhere else. Purpose, on the other hand, is like, a long-term goal. I want to be a great podcaster. I want to learn the intricacies, the ins and the outs. I want to study it. I want to do it long enough to succeed. And so when you have life's natural ups and downs, it helps push you through the valleys because you understand that it's par for the course, right? So, so thinking, it's almost like the awareness we just talked about. Like you have to know what the North Star is and you have to understand that, you know, there will be trials and tribulations. And if you go in with that mindset, it helps you push through the, the, the down times. You know, I talk to a lot of writers and writing is excruciating. And so if write, if it like, oh, I'm going to write a book. That's exciting. I have a title. I have an idea. Okay, now sit down for six months and write it. It's a different story. That changes everything. If, if it wasn't purpose driven, that changes the landscape. And so that would be my advice. You know, ask yourself, is this your purpose? Whether it's, you know, long-term or short, like, is this what you want to do? Or are you doing this for external reasons? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it kind of brings back to that question of, you know, that rainy day in Boston and you're faced with the question, if it's more of your purpose, then you feel empowered to make that choice moving closer. And whereas if it's your passion, that energy might die down a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly it. Are you willing to run in the rain? Sounds like a movie trailer. <laughs> yes. And I also love what you said about your videos too at the beginning, because, you know, I never realized maybe that's why I love your videos so much, because they're not just, you know, a dopamine hit of, okay, three minutes and now I'm like ready to go for a run, but it, it does change the way that you think. And so, yes, you might be watching this three minute video, but you'll be sparked later on of like, oh, I'm thinking about something differently now. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you. I mean, that that means a lot because that's personally, right? And everyone's different. Like, that's what motivates me. Like the, and again, I need an Eric Thomas or a Gary Vee every once in a while. And I'm like sitting in bed and I need someone to be like, dude, get your ass up. And it's like, okay, thanks. You know, um, and I think there's a time and a place for it. I, I, I just think, you know, when you sort of rewire how you're looking at things mentally, right, it, it changes things. And then when you take like uh, a James Clear, Atomic Habits, or Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habit, you start looking at like how to make changes in your life, like tiny, <clears throat> tiny habits that, that create big changes and just sort of setting yourself up to win, changing your environment to be conducive to your success. Um, I think they go hand in hand, mindset, tactics, and uh, that's how you, how you create change. Yeah. 
Are there any habits in your life that you've implemented that made massive results? I feel best. There's a few things. Like when I get up in the morning, clarity, calm. I feel like I have control over my day. Reading is a huge thing. And I say reading loosely because most of the time it is, it's like audible now. I can walk or run when I'm listening. But just like the, the influx of ideas coming into my head, I don't know. It's just really a cool thing. And then other than that, it's like understanding how you work. You know, I think having like, these are just little hacks for me that help, like having a consistent bedtime helps blocking my day into groups, understanding like what the main three things I want to accomplish that day is that the thing that, that gets me sometimes is I still find myself trying to accomplish more in a day than I can, which on the surface doesn't seem like a big deal. It's like, okay, well, there's still three things on your to-do list you didn't do, push them over to tomorrow. But I, in an ideal world, you want to be, again, it's how you see yourself, right? So you want to put yourself in a position to win. So you want to have uh, on your docket for the day, things that you can do, you can accomplish, they're, they're achievable, they're tangible. And so that's kind of the, the, the big thing that I would advocate to people is like set yourself up for success because um, those little things do matter. Yeah. No, you actually had mentioned that same thing and you're like five ways a morning run will change your life. Um, the part about like setting two to three goals for the day. And that was one of my like biggest takeaways of stuff that you talk about. It's like, you're like, okay, you get up and you run and then you kind of have this sight of your whole day of like, you know, it's not a to-do list of like, I need to go run and then record a podcast and like all these things, but it's like, what is the major goal of the day? And then you're not overwhelmed with like, oh, I have a lot to do <laughs> kind of boils it down. Isn't it amazing how like that clarity is so helpful because you, you don't feel like you're kind of wandering in the dark. Like I know what my goal is. Yeah, exactly. So I've loved this whole conversation. Is there any one last piece of advice that you'd love to leave everyone with? Hmm. One piece of advice. Probably the hardest question. <laughs> I know, right? Well, one of my favorite quotes by Nietzsche says, those who were seen dancing were thought to be insane by those who could not hear the music. And so uh, I like to leave people with that sort of idea or understanding that the things that you want to do in life, whether it's change in your own life, something as, as a, you know, weight loss, as personal as that, or building a business or the, the understanding that your goal can't be seen by anyone but you. And that's hard and that's difficult, sometimes confusing, sometimes exhausting. Uh, but you have to remember that the world only understands what they see and you have to be the one to build it. So don't you know, lose sight of that. Don't get discouraged and just keep chipping away. That's how magic happens. Yes. That was great advice. Thank you so much for coming on today. Where can everyone find out more about you, follow you, all of that? I'm on YouTube, uh, Eddie Pinero, uh, or Your World Within. I just changed the, uh, the channel name, but they both, they both go there. And then, yeah, Your World Within, pretty much any platform on TikTok now. Look at that. Old dude hanging out on TikTok, making videos. Uh, but yeah, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, any of those places. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at live your personal best at live your personal best. Come say hi. Come say what's up. I would love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. Thanks and see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.